All right, I got a question for you to start things out tonight, and this will require a response, but you're not going to be able to shout it out, all right? So if, if you've got a good answer and you want to share what you think, just slip up a hand. Here's your question. What comes to mind when you hear the word worship? What comes to mind when you hear the word worship? What you got, Jordan? Praise? All right. God? Praying? Music? What did you say? Praise or grace? Okay, that's good, Hyatt. Yeah. Okay, same thing comes to mind. That's fine, that's fine. What you got, Tate? Joy, peace, lifestyle. All right. <clears throat> Got a question for you then. What about giving? That ever come to anybody's mind? I mean, you, you probably thought about it somewhere in, in those trains. You thought about all kinds of good stuff joy, worship. Praise, lifestyle, singing, music. But I want to talk to you tonight about precious worship through giving. All right? Um, Jesus talked about giving a lot. In fact, Jesus gave a lot, didn't he? Um, in fact, there was a, a pastor. Some of you may know uh, the name Johnny Hunt. He works with the North American Mission Board now. Um, and he was... He was asked one time to sum up Jesus' ministry in one word. And so he said giving. And I think that's a pretty good word to sum up Jesus' ministry. That's not one that I would have used, to be honest with you. But when I thought about that, how Jesus lived and what he did and what he gave, I thought, man, that's pretty good. You see Jesus giving all the time, don't you? I mean, he's... He's giving to people of his power when he performs miracles and he heals the sick and he raises the dead and he makes the lame to walk. He's, he's giving of himself. He was giving of himself to his disciples, helping them to understand, spending his life with them, investing in them, pouring into them. In fact, Jesus oftentimes ministered when he was tired. If you've read through his, um, uh, read through the book of Mark with us in Sunday school over the last... Uh, several weeks, you've seen how oftentimes Jesus is weary and he's tired and he doesn't even have time to eat, but yet he still is giving to people, whether that's helping them with food or praying for them or casting demons out of their children or just talking to them so that they can understand God's kingdom. He's always giving. In fact, ultimately, Jesus would give not just his time and not just money that they collected, as a group of people wanting to follow God, but Jesus would give the ultimate gift in his own life on the cross. So giving. And Jesus talked about giving. Uh, over in the book of Luke, Luke chapter 20, we see Jesus talking about giving, and he also shows us an example of precious worship through giving. So if you got a Bible, turn to Luke chapter 20. If you don't, just listen along or, or look at somebody's... Um, that's got one and seated there next to you. Luke chapter 20, verse 45. 
It says, and while all the people were listening, Jesus said to the disciples, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and love respectful greetings in the marketplaces and chief seats in the synagogues and places of honor at banquets who devour widows' houses and for appearance sake offer long prayers. These will receive greater condemnation, greater judgment. All right, so in those three verses, Jesus is talking about an idea that people in his day and time had of, of worship. So when you picture worshiping God, what kind of a place or a, a building or a setting, what comes to mind when you think of worshiping God? Give me a response. Give me some thoughts. A sanctuary? Like what kind of sanctuary? I Just this one? Does anybody picture like a, a barn sitting on some dirt? No? Anybody? Anybody picture a, a worship leader in their minds that's just singing his heart out and can't carry a tune in a bucket? I mean, somebody unlike Tate and Nick and the rest of the praise team, just somebody just up there singing and doesn't sound very good? Um, we, when we talk about worship, we picture worship in our minds. We like to think of the big, the beautiful, and the ornate, right? So we think of sanctuaries and buildings like this and chandeliers and preachers with ties and choirs with robes on and all this kind of nice and fancy and pretty stuff. But Jesus is warning against this idea of worship. You can worship in a sanctuary like this, right? That's what we've been doing today. You can worship when you've got a choir who sings wonderfully like our choir does. And you, you, you can worship in a place that's beautiful and decorated and that's fine-tuned and has all kinds of fancy accoutrements. But, that might have been a big word for you. I learned that one earlier this year. Accoutrements. Go look it up. And then here's, a, here's the other thing, though. Can you worship in a place that is just a building with walls and got a dirt floor? Oh, yeah. In fact, a couple of people who are here tonight saw this happen over in Africa, in Lesotho, worshiping in a tent. Instead of, instead of a wooden stage, like a platform like this, it was just a mound of dirt they're standing up on top of. They're worshiping the Lord, praising God. Um, I mean, you know, preachers don't have to wear ties, choirs don't have to wear robes. In fact, as wonderful as the music as we, you know, as we have here and as great a vocalist as we have, the Lord just wants a joyful noise from the heart. But in this day and time, Jesus was warning people against this idea of fancy but fruitless worship, right? Stuff that looked good on the outside, but inside it was really lacking substance. People would praise God with their lips, but their hearts were far from Him. They would say that they wanted to give God glory, but yet they lived their life as if it was all about them. And so Jesus says, don't be like that. He says, that, that's not what worship is. So push all of those false ideas to the side. And then here's what he says in Luke chapter 21, verse 1. And he looked up, and he saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. And then he saw a poor widow putting in two small copper coins. And he said, truly I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all of them. Jesus had a funny way to do math, didn't he? I mean, 
the one was seemed to be always more important than the big crowd. He'd, he'd leave the 99 sheep and go after the one. And when he comes to talk about this idea of worship and giving, he has another funny idea about math, right? I mean, there's rich people that are coming through this line and they're depositing their money into the temple treasury. You know how we, on a Sunday morning, will pass the offering plate through the, through the pews and the aisles so that people can give their tithes and offerings? When this day and time when they would gather for worship, in, instead of passing the, the plate through where everybody was seated, what they would do is they had a little box or some boxes out in their foyers and in, in, in courtyard areas where people would deposit, make their offering, their gifts out there. And this is how they would do it. Ah, oh, Lord God, I hast come before thee today to make my offering to you. I don't know if they talk about Shakespeare or not. But what they do is they would make it all about them. And they would say, God, this is how much I'm giving to you. Aren't you proud of me? God, this is what I want to do. Aren't you so impressed with me? And they would put as much money as they could into the treasury box. And oftentimes it was made of metal pots, these treasury collections, so that when you put coins inside of these collection devices, you could hear the clink of money, kind of like your piggy banks at, at home. And people would show off. Instead of honoring God with their gifts, they were trying to outdo each other and impress each other. Oh, that, that person must really love God. I heard at least 29 sounds when he went over there and went and stuck his offering in the, in the treasury box. But Jesus says he watched the rich do all of that. And then he saw this widow, this lady who didn't have much. In fact, she was at a really hard point in life. If she was a widow, she lost her husband, right? And so she's coming by, and instead of making a big show about what she's doing, she just puts in two small copper coins. Now, it is nowhere near as much in terms of earthly value as what these rich people had put in, is it? I mean, they're sitting there just dumping in massive amounts of money. And this lady's over there with like a couple of pennies. And she sticks them in the treasury box without causing a scene, making a big deal about it. And Jesus said that she put in more than all of the other people did. Weird math, right? But then Jesus goes on to explain why he said she put in more. Verse 4 says, For they, the rich, all out of their surplus, their extra, their abundance, they put into the offering. But she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had to live on. What a gift, right? I mean, it's not that she's just taking her paycheck and she goes, well, I paid all my bills. Here's all the extra that I have. She didn't do that. She didn't empty her savings account. She took everything that she had. And instead of asking people to look at her and wanting people to watch her, all she did was went by the treasury box and put it in out of faith and devotion to the Lord her God. She just put it in. And Jesus says, that's worship. That was, that was worship. 
I'm sure the disciples are looking around going, wow. You know, Jesus, we kind of thought maybe you were losing your mind there for a few seconds, but now that we see what you're talking about, you're right. She did put in more than anybody else. She, she gave all that she had, all that she had to even live on. It was probably her money to eat that week. But she gave it to the Lord. And I don't think that Jesus is telling his disciples or, or wants all of us to empty out all of our pockets tonight and put it in the offering plate. He may want you to do that. But I think he's after something more than money. How many of you guys have ever heard, oh, the, the church just wants your money? Anybody ever heard that before? Man, look, I've heard it before. You can say it if you've, some of you might have thought it. Um, or, you know, this guy, this preacher on TV just, just, just wants, wants more money. He's in it for the fame. He's in it for the glory. Jesus didn't just want people's money. In fact, the lady that put that money into the treasury box, Jesus never got to touch that money. It most likely went to help with temple construction or the care of the local synagogue. Jesus didn't give that. See, she wasn't, she wasn't just giving money. She was giving from her heart. She was giving herself to the Lord, all that she had to live on. And that is worship. When you give God everything, and it might be puny and pathetic. Anybody ever felt like you're, all you could give God is something puny and pathetic? Well, God, you know, we got this uh, Annie Armstrong North American Missions offering, and our goal as a church was $3,500. God, all I have is $3.50. But man, those little $3.50 gifts that are given from the heart to God, just as a God. I don't have much to give, but what I've got, will you, will you take it and will you use to help spread the gospel? That's worship. In fact, I think Jesus doesn't just want your money. I think Jesus wants far more than that. I think he wants all of you. Everything that you have and everything that you are. I say, well, Jake, man, that's a lot. Jesus is quite demanding. I think deservedly so. I mean, after all, what did Jesus give for us? A little bit? Part? Or all? Everything. He gave it all. He, he gave his life. He laid his life down on the cross. He spent, he expended himself. Jesus is a great giver. He's a great worshiper. He brought God glory with the way he lived his life, with the way he died on Calvary. Are you a worshiper of God? Do you worship in truth? Do you worship with a genuine heart? Are you somebody that gives your all to the Lord? When it comes time to worship, do you sing your heart out in praise to God? Look and listen to me. Not all of us can sing beautifully and wonderfully. It's just a fact. But did you know that there is not a sound that God loves to hear more than one of his children praising his name, whether it's on tune or not? 
Because he doesn't just hear with ears like we do. He hears with his heart. When, when you give, if, if it's a monetary offering, are you giving leftovers? Are you just giving a little bit? Are you giving like grudgingly, like thinking, well, God, maybe if I give you 10 bucks this week, then you'll help take care of me with this prayer request I've had on my mind for the last couple months. Or when you give to God, are you really saying, God, thank you for what I have. And I know this is not much, but God, I want, I want to give this to you because I believe you're worthy of everything. When you've got time on your hands and you have the opportunity to use that time to invest in the kingdom, to serve somebody in need, to visit somebody who's sick or somebody who feels alone, do you use that time in such a way that you bring God glory in the way that you live your life? Or do you just kind of spend it however you want to? When you talk about whether it's spiritual gifts or natural talents and abilities, how do you take those things and use them and spend them? Is life all about you and gaining more notoriety for yourself about how great of a ball player you can be or a musician you can be? Or is it all about playing with integrity of character on the court and on the field so that other people see a genuine woman or man of God who loves Jesus and the people around them? Is it all about how famous you can become or how much you can achieve? Or is it all about pointing other people to God when they come up to you because they're so impressed with the skills you've acquired and you say, no, 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 no. You don't realize God gave me these gifts and these talents and I'm just using them because I want Him to be praised. How do you live your life? Because when you answer that question, ultimately you find out how do you worship God? Because the way you live your life is the way you worship. And who you live your life for shows who you worship. Did you know that? I mean, just think about the story here that Jesus told. Who do you think the Pharisees and the scribes and all of those religious leaders were worshiping? Who do you think? You can respond to that question. You think they were worshiping God in heaven? Who do you think they were worshiping? Themselves. They were worshiping themselves. They were showing people, look what I've done. Look how important I am. Look how much I've given. But when it came to this poor widow, when you look at her life, when you look at her gift, who is she worshiping? She's worshiping God. Father in heaven. Let me ask you a question. When you look at your life and you see how you live and how you invest your time and your money and your energy and your resources and your gifts and your talents and your abilities, who are you worshiping? Are you worshiping yourself? Are you worshiping somebody else around you that you're trying to impress that's not God? Or are you worshiping the one who created you and loves you and the one who gave his all for you. You see, the word wor worship in English really is taken from this idea of worthship. That is, when you worship something or someone, you are declaring them worthy of what you're giving them, right? So if, if you worship an athlete, you are declaring them worthy of being the greatest athlete in the world. If you worship uh, an American idol, 
whether it's you know, a statue or the singer who's won the competition, you're declaring them worthy of the title. If you worship God, you're declaring him as the God who is worthy of everything in the universe because he's the creator and the king. God is worthy of everything. And if he's worthy of everything, then we ought to give him everything. Who do you worship? How do you worship? You ought to worship God, and you worship him by giving him your all. Nothing else, nothing less. You give him your all. Let's pray together. God, we thank you so much for loving us. And we thank you for giving us the greatest gift of all when you gave your son on the cross for our sins. God, I pray that as we think about this story of the religious leaders, their fancy and expensive gifts, and this poor widow and her little, small, seemingly insignificant gift, that we realize what true worship is. It's giving all of ourselves to you. God, I pray that tonight and tomorrow and all the days throughout this week, we would choose to give all of ourselves to you because you are worthy of everything that we have and of everything that we are, and you are worthy of so much more than that. So, Lord, would you take the lives that you've given to us in the first place, and would you use each and every one of us to be an instrument of your grace to the world around us. It's in the name of your son, Jesus, we pray.